0: So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA and thank you so much for joining us. Whether you found us through Google Play, Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there and I'm glad today to be joined by Cindy Purdy, RDH. Hey Cindy, how are you?
1: Hi Kevin, how are you today?
0: I am doing great. I'm excited to talk to you today, but first I'd love for our listeners to get a little better knowledge of who you
1: are. Well, I have been a registered dental hygienist for, mul- let's just say, multiple decades. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We don't go. need to be that specific, right? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> but, like you that. You know, yep, I have a passion for workplace wellness and, um, and also delivering equity of care. I live in a rural area, and when I moved here in, in southern Colorado, when I moved here, um, there was no one um, in the dental profession that lived and worked in the entire county. No dentist, wow. no dental assistant, no nothing. So uh, when, I, when I moved here, I decided I was gonna see what I could do about that. We call it going down the hill. Everybody had to go down the hill to get any dental treatment, which was- at, at least an hour away, yeah. So wow. I decided uh, workplace wellness for ergonomics because I've been practicing for so long, but also I needed to get some care for this, this little community.
0: Well, I love that. I'm in northern Colorado, so we're going to have to talk Colorado here in a few yes. minutes. You know, so we'll do that <laughs> offline. So, uh, but, but absolutely, I love the fact that obviously you're so focused on wellness. And let's talk a little bit about how you said you've had a, you know, we're just going to leave it as a long career in dentistry.
1: Yes. So so, what,
0: so tell my assistants who are listening to this some of the keys that have helped you lengthen that career in terms of just wellness, ergonomics, and take care of yourself.
1: Well, at this point, um, I am. I have figured out that I think the best thing to adopt in a dental office, be it for a dental assistant, a dental hygienist, for the entire team, and for the cohesiveness of the team, is to es- establish an ergonomic program for the practice. And by that, there's been there have been some great studies <clears throat> that have shown that just having um, an awareness of ergonomics, just to increase your awareness, can be almost as effective as purchasing ergonomic equipment. As far as your ergonomic health, as far as your personal health, so if all we have to do—I mean, this doesn't cost anyone anything. It, um, no one has to spend a dime to begin with if you establish an ergonomic program. And and there's there is lots of also good research. I'm I love research. I'm way into research that establishing a strong Safety culture can have significant effects on the injury cost for the office. And when I say establish an ergonomic program, I'm not talking about saying, oh, I saw Cindy Purdy speak at this ergonomic conference, doctor. All four of us win. And now you need to purchase four saddle stools and four sets of um, loops for all of us. I'm not talking about that type of ergonomic program. I'm talking about maybe we get together and we all just do stretches during our lunch hour. Maybe we get together for a morning huddle and we all use these um, uh, trigger point release tools. And by establishing an ergonomic program for your practice, you can just have a morning huddle with um, and start using some trigger point release tools while you get all those kinks out of your back, start off the day great, and all this makes the whole office more aware that, that we're going to pay attention to ergonomics. You can do a, a stretching routine with your coworkers in between patients. I call it the uh, posture pageant, walking down the hallway with big stretches and stre- with your legs and stretching your arms and then everybody kind of peeks out the out their doorway of their operatory and has a little bit of a giggle about it. You can have a buddy system where you um, Ask each other. Take my picture when when I'm working on when I'm re-cementing a a, a temporary crown. I want to see am I in a pretzel shape? How can, and then we can all sit and work on how we can get that dental assistant out of those awkward positions. Because I will tell you, the dental assistants I believe have the um, weakest voice when it comes to ergonomics. There's not a lot of. Um, people out there uh, um, talking about their issues and the specific tasks that they have to perform. Um, in, in their jobs. So um, we, can, we can, you can just do where you investigate a sharpening program so that dental hygienists don't have to sharpen their own programs and do an ROI on that. Will, will there be a good return on our investment if we send our in, instruments out to be sharpened instead of um, us taking the time to do it? So these are all little things that can be done in this um, ergonomic program in, within a practice. Which-
0: which is awesome. And, and I love the fact, as you said, I think dental assistants so often aren't talked to about ergonomics and don't consider it as much as they should. Um, I also know that there are a lot of practices that say, that I don't have time for a morning huddle. I don't have time for, for bathroom breaks. You know, all, all these things that I'm sure you've heard as well. And Absolutely. so to say, you know, you've got to you, you need to be incorporating these things. How do you get them past that? We don't have time to do anything in the practice mindset.
1: There is always time to do something. There's something that's going to improve their ergonomics. Um, even it, it, it there's such good research out there now that even talks about changing a patient to an oscillating, rotating brush will increase the odds 14 times of that mouth transitioning to, to to a healthy gingival state. Isn't it better to be working on a patient that doesn't have a bleeding mouth? Isn't that going to decrease the activities that cause musculoskeletal disorders, like repetitive motion? How many times do I have to try to put this, this, um, this temporary crown back on when this tissue is so overgrown and bleeding? Just changing sure. the toothbrush, just changing. There's great research now. Um, using stannous fluoride versus sodium increases that um, transition to a healthy gingival state by 3.7 percent those are easy that doesn't take any time out of the day doesn't change the schedule any time whatsoever
0: and we're gonna make sure that you have Cindy's contact information because I know she's mentioned research a couple of times and I want to make sure that she is able to share that uh, with any readers who might be interested in learning more and, you know, Cindy, I, I think it's always important, especially as we get to this fourth quarter of the year, for people to be thinking about how they can make life better in 2022. Correct. And for so many dental professionals, that means going home and not hurting. Uh, so, so I love that that you and, and so many out there are, are talking about ergonomics, but specifically how to you know it, it's like well we should solve you know hunger, uh, we should okay. we should all have world peace. You know I feel like there's always that, but I love that you're you're saying there are some simple steps to make that happen and incorporate it into the practice.
1: Absolutely, and the, it, it, um, it's, I want to throw another thing of research in there that there's research research saying if if you start to develop musculoskeletal disorders, it doesn't just affect the person, it affects the whole practice. Mm. Because you start seeing an increase in sick leave, you see a poorer quality of work coming from the employees, decreased job satisfaction, and then premature leaving of the profession. And we know one of our best investments is keeping our long-term employees. So again, when you say there's not enough time, there's, there's not enough time to not do this. It, it is too costly to not develop an ergonomic program.
0: And in today's dental industry, where hiring and keeping employees and finding employees is so tough for so many practices, especially, in let's say, a rural area where, like you're in. Right. It's so important, I think, for the dentist and each member of the team to realize that you're right. This keeps you in the profession longer and keeps you enjoying your job longer as well
1: so important now so important you know there's that in our rush back to normal let's decide how much of normal we really want to be back into
0: Uh, absolutely no I and you know I've and I don't want to dive too deep off the subject but I know one of your other passions is teledentistry and Mm -hmm. and I also know living in a rural area that that I'm sure that that has become very important for your practice and I'm just wondering if we could touch on that for just a moment and I'd, and, you, and, and I'd love to hear how it has impacted your practice, your patients, and what role the dental assistant might play with, with teledentistry coming into a practice as well.
1: Well, I'm going to be, I always love to be completely transparent. Um, at the, I was practicing teledentistry for probably three and a half years before COVID, nice. um, but as as the pandemic hit at as, sh- as the shutdown hit I decided to give up what I consider the absolute best dental hygiene job that is in the entire country because I have two granddaughters who are immune compromised and I mm. decided that 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 was um the grandma didn't need to burst that bubble anymore so I wanted nice. to I want to be completely honest with and open with that but I will tell you on the teledentist what I did is I had um a dentist who was 60 miles away who I was working I, I work as a, I was, was working as under general supervision. I was the dentist employee, and I had a satellite office in this rural area. And I, on teledentistry days, I worked by myself. Had I had a dental assistant, I could have, I could have seen twice as many patients. We could have, we could have made this, such a growing practice if if I had had a dental assistant that was there. Now, um, I I could do all of those functions um, because of the indirect supervision here in um, Colorado. I could do all of the functions that I could do as if the dentist were still in the office. And then I would send all that information up into the cloud using teledentistry specific software and the dentist could download it wherever he was, which happened to be at his office 60 miles away. And the model that we chose, the one that seemed to work best for us and our community, was one that the dentist would then come up to the satellite office two to three times a month and provide the restorative work for the patients.
0: Nice. And, and, and I love that because I, I have a big heart for the rural parts of our community. You know, I've, I've been in Orlando, uh, I've been in Las Vegas recently, and I see the glut of dental practices that there are in these, you know, very urban areas. And yet I know there are parts of the country that dentistry is so needed, and yet there's not a lot of options. And so that's where I, I fall in love with the idea of teledentistry and actually making it work.
1: Yeah, it, it, it worked so fantastic for this for this area. And the, the patients didn't care, you know, when I, in fact, they loved it. And now patients are demanding it, you know, now that now that COVID hit, the genie's out of the bottle. Telehealth has uh, has increased by 10 years in the the acceptance of telehealth has increased by 10 years in the last 18 months. So if you don't have Patients are expecting a good digital experience, and if we're not offering it, they're going to go to an office that, does off, that offers it. They want the, the extra value. They want the convenience of, of not going out into the community, of having it, you know, having these services offered where they live, where they work, where they play, where they're educated, where they get their social services, medical services. Sorry, I am getting a little bit up on my soapbox, but I, it's, it's, I have a passion for this.
0: Well, and, and that's that's what I think dental assistants need to hear because th- I think there's still a stigma with teledentistry out there. Even after COVID, even after we've all gotten so used to Zooms and talking to each other this way, I think there's still a stigma out there about what teledentistry can actually do. So for people who have actually been there, done that, and can share their passion, I, I think that's very admirable
1: dental assistants have a huge role in um in in delivering teledentistry there's so much that they can do that that if the dentist and the hygienist are already busy um with a with a patient you can have a combination is what i'm trying to say The 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 dentist and the hygienist can be seeing their own patients face to face and the assistant can be um, continuing on um delivering a treatment plan or following up on a bleaching shade or doing a follow-up with an oral cancer screening area that we said we want to see this in two weeks. All of, you, there's a way that there are products out there that you can give to the patient and they can connect with you and take pictures to send back to you. So the dental assistant is invaluable when it comes to teledentistry.
0: And I know our friends at Crest and Oral-B have some great products obviously that we want to make sure to, yes. to, to highlight uh, definitely. There, there's one thing that, that I, I want to make sure that we, we touch upon, and that is that you know, every state is different with what dental assistants can or cannot do, and obviously it's important for the dental practice to not only know those rules, but then utilize the assistant to the fullest of, of what their state allows also.
1: Absolutely. Tell you will not allow you to do anything, provide any services that you couldn't provide within the regular confines of a traditional four walls. But it does allow you to practice to the boundary of your state practice acts.
0: And, and I think that's great. And I know, you know, you and I are blessed to live in Colorado, not just because of the beautiful scenery, but also uh, the advantages that there are to dental professionals practicing here and some of the freedoms that there are actually to reach patients also.
1: Right. There are times when I go out and, and, and speak on this topic that people say, oh, you, you just have your Colorado hat on. And I said, no, this is why I set this practice up in this manner, because I wanted to show, demonstrate that you don't have to have an uh, independent practice state. This can be done in any state that allows direct access to a patient.
0: And, and I've got to ask you, obviously, practicing in a, in a rural area, I, I think, again, it's it's very admirable. And, and I'm also curious, what has it been like for you in, as far as patient interaction in an area where maybe they're not used to having the medical or dental that, that a lot of the, quote, big cities might have?
1: They are, they are thrilled to have any type of, 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 even if it were just screenings, they would be happy to have that. Now, I will tell you. It became humbling initially because I thought I was offering enough by offering access to care to the patients to be offering my dental hygiene services when I wasn't speaking or you know, I was offering hours that were extended. So I thought I was really offering more because I was offering access to care, but I could tell you it was a humbling experience the day. A very tall, big man walked into my office and said, I need a tooth extracted today, and I said no, because you don't want me to do that because I'm not licensed to do that, I'm not trained to do that. And I had a system where I said, but you can go down the hill and I have a connection with the dentist there and they can get you in. And he said, I can't go down the hill. And he got very angry and he walked out of the, as he walked out of the the um, office, he said, this is not going to work for this community.
0: Mm.
1: And I thought, you know, I, was a, I laugh when I'm nervous and I laughed a little bit, but that night, I laid in bed and I thought, that man is exactly right. The, I did not assess what the community needed. I assessed what Cindy Purdy thought she could do and what would make her feel good. So we, we had to, that's when I knew I had to get the dentist involved and to change the practice model, because we needed to give equality of care. We needed to make sure that all services were offered to all people.
0: And I, I think that's commendable, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I wish that more dental professionals would leave the, the glitz and the lights and everything else of the big city and really see mm-hmm. where so much need is all across our country.
1: And then the next thing we did is we went to the public health department and said, hey, have you ever heard of any grants given out for um, dentistry, and they said, "Oh, are you kidding? We have one, but we mm-hmm. didn't have any providers." So we ended up being able to—we ended up getting two grants. One that all the children under 18 in our county were getting free dentistry, and then the county nearby us had a grant that um, any anyone over 62 could get $300 a year either for their hearing or their eyes. So overnight, we became a private practice slash public health office because we we were able to use those grants and to me that was the that was the top of the ladder when we could offer them equity of care which means those that need more get more so to me that was the ultimate and that's why i say i gave up the absolute best dental hygiene job in the entire country (laughs) and
0: and it was literally just asking i mean just probe just probing for you know to use a dental term
1: grant it was already written (laughs) that's fantastic
0: (laughs) that is great well i i hope that we've inspired some folks today to to think about their health uh, to think about what they can do in their community, no matter where they live, as well as technology and what it can do for their dental patients as well. And and Cindy, I know I teased that you might give a way that our, our listeners could contact you to, to learn more. And would you yes. mind sharing that? A-
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my, I would say my email is probably best. It's cpurdy14 at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or, or help anyone because, you know, got take, you take care of your neighbor and you take care of yourself. That, that's kind of my, have some workplace wellness, but make sure your work, workplace is offering equity of care to your patients.
0: Man, you know, if we all entered 2022 taking care of ourselves and our neighbor, this would be uh-huh. a better world. I'm just telling you.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> got, <laughs> the, keep it simple.
0: I, I like that. I love that <laughs> as well. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our chat.
1: I did too, Kevin. Thank you for contacting me.
0: And thank you to all of you who have listened to this podcast. We always try to bring experts in the industry to you to talk about a variety of subjects. And if there's ever anything that you would like for us to cover, certainly you can reach out to me through the Ignite DA Facebook page, as well as Kevin.Henry at IgniteDA.net. But for now, it's Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off, wishing you a great day, week, month, and hey, even career ahead. Together, we rise.